0: You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 34. This week, we're finishing up walking the line with our favorite 12 country albums. It's time to return from those smoky mountains and ride the range again with your social distancing host, Rob Heitman, and live via Zoom from his family ranch outside of Lynchburg, Tennessee, it's Jacob Newkirk.
1: Hey there, Jacob. <laughs> I wish Tennessee...
0: I'm right by Tennessee, we, you'd be right by the Jack Daniels plant.
1: Yeah. Hop over to Memphis and Nashville, hit all those spots.
0: There you go. Oh, welcome to the Dirty Dozen podcast, where we we'll discuss the best 12 country albums while enjoying a drink or two. I'm Rob. And I'm Jake. I'd like to thank everybody who's been active on our Facebook page and joining in on conversations. You guys are awesome. I'd like to give a special shout out to Troy Smith, Nick Eckhart. Carissa Rittenberg, Liza Purdy, and Deb Rousey. So, nice. what's been going on by you? Anything new happening this week? No, a lot of the same stuff. I
1: like I was telling you I do have this week off. Took some vacation. Although life feels like a vacation now because I don't leave the house. But
0: it's a little like Groundhog Day.
1: Yeah, it does. Kind of like weekends don't mean as much anymore when you're just always at home. But it's cool. We actually are getting some like cool plants to do outside. We're like kind of making the backyard a little bit. Uh, habitable and cleaning up so it's kind of fun
0: and they're it's, real plants right not like, yeah it's really, not, it's not even in the plastic you gotta water these okay <laughs> as long as you're not smoking them that's good yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean you
1: might be able to i don't know if you could smoke honeysuckle but
0: uh... <laughs> no, nothing about it. i'm rolling up some azalea <laughs> yeah
1: yeah a uh, nice uh aloe plant yeah good
0: stuff. No, that's good so it's like aloe plants and stuff like that
1: yeah, some cactus and some honeysuckle, and whatever else. We uh, an onion was growing in the kitchen, so I was like, "Hey, throw it in the ground, so it's growing." Oh, that's Get the cool. Stock out of it, whatever. Yeah, there's a potato that started growing.
0: You're gonna have your own uh, garden soon. It's gonna yeah, be like
1: you got to if, you, if fresh, the store's fresh, closed fresh down. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, we can all share that potato.
0: Yeah, and you, and you have a dog <laughs> that's always ready to eat. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jake has a bulldog. Is he doing okay? Are you are you getting along with your dog? Yeah, it's it's hate, love hate with that thing.
1: Notice I said thing.
0: <laughs> when You're in the hate phase at the moment. Uh, yeah, when
1: he's like calm and mellow and just fat and lazy, I love him. But when he's like trying to just be in your business and jumping on you and slobbering and not cool. Or like trampling your kids, yeah, it's it's a whole mess.
0: No, I believe it. Yeah. Quick follow up from last week, we were talking about Travis McCready. The concert actually happened. That's right. And it happened on the eighteenth, not on the Friday. There was some big to-do, when they had a delay in a couple days. There's an article in Spin Magazine, which I'll share with the community. I shared with Jake earlier. So what do you think of the pics in the, the concert huh. in general?
1: Like I said, I had mixed feelings about it. And when you sent me that link, I looked at the pictures, and I think that was what was kind of sad. But also, I guess I don't know the guy's music. Sometimes that kind of music is you just want to sit down um, and like do an acoustic show, have someone just sing some of their songs, like a songwriter sharing session. If that's what it was, I probably would really like it. But I keep thinking in the mindset of like live music where it's high energy, um, lots of people shoulder to shoulder, that kind of fun setting. So that's why I keep going back and forth saying I have mixed feelings about it.
0: Oh, I heard they had this weird thing. They were talking about when metal and when rock starts going again, Mm -hmm. that moshing would be illegal. Oh my God. But you can crunch up against somebody. You just can't push them. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's, it's like, so okay. absurd. I and I think
0: Moshi's is pretty much illegal anyway But people do it. And what are you going to do? You can go in there and try and stop it.
1: And... If you stage dive, you probably have to be wrapped in saran wrap or something. I don't know. Well, you're not
0: allowed to stage dive either. <laughs>
1: I know. It's a joke.
0: <laughs> I think they're going to like kick you out if you mm-hmm. try and do any of that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, the guy had a dog on stage, so maybe it was just like a kickback sort of sort of thing.
1: That's what I'm thinking. It was... I wouldn't call it necessarily a concert. I think maybe that's misleading.
0: Well, I don't know. I think I think he's in some band or something. I don't even know, and I don't, I don't know. I need to give Travis McCready. Uh, I've given him enough airtime already. I know. Right? I'm that's sorry. I'm, the, I'm sorry. The the cult of Travis McCready, who's listening to this, I
1: apologize. All yeah. all one of you, if there even is. That's what I keep saying. Like I don't know the guy's music. If it was a. An artist who was just doing his songs that i really loved i would probably eat that scenario up where we're just sitting there and it's like that intimate setting but if it's someone who's just like you know playing bars and
0: yeah if it was james taylor up there playing guitar or right. something i'd be like right. oh let me go oh that's, that's gonna be great totally so all right now we're drinking two separate things i am drinking larceny 92 proof the regular one they have a high-end one which if anybody knows where they can find it please let me know because i really, really really want it <laughs> uh, which is a barrel proof version of the larceny which is supposed to be amazing hmm. but i have regular larceny because i have to make it through this podcast <laughs> and uh 92 proof and i have it on the rocks and larceny works really well on the rocks hmm. so jake what are you drinking
1: well i kind of only have coors light in the house which is actually i don't know if it's a step up usually i have natty ice it's kind of a good go-to you can all-day beer but I actually did change it up because i had some everclear in the cabinet and also some cinnamon schnapps and sometimes i like to put a little everclear and hit it with some cinnamon so it's kind of like fireball but i think it's a little more manlier to do it
0: this way it's mostly a big glass of everclear with a splash yeah. of schnapps in it right and maybe not a big one well it's a decent amount if it's you look at spirit. it it's you know yeah. it's not a, it's more than a shot yeah
1: so it's it's tasty. It tastes you get a little of the cinnamon, not too syrupy, sugary. So yeah, it's it is what it is. But it's almost done, and I'm about to crack open a delicious Coors Light. There you go.
0: <laughs> it's fresh from the mountains. Is it blue? That's the question.
1: It is. All the fonts still blue right now. Let me it's yeah, ice and cold. That's all you need. Chill. There you go. <laughs> but I, I feel like it's fitting for kind of a rednecky country. Thing we're doing
0: here. Yeah, so. depending on who we come up with. It's gonna be a really interesting show. This is the final two for you, final two for me. Right. So we wrap it up with twelve and then we're we're gonna come back in two weeks and do something It's Mm -hmm. going to be shocking to some people. All right. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing specific songs from each album, and we'll share under 30 seconds of each tune unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight, and then we may do a second clip. We have made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to the list in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to each artist. We have also created a current episode, Dirty Dozen Podcast Playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. Subscribe once and always be updated. Look for the link to our YouTube playlist as well, because sometimes music sounds better when you see it. So last week, we talked about four albums, uh, one a piece from Martina McBride, Hank Williams Sr., Hank Williams III, and the Zac Brown Band. The ending last week, in case you missed it, the ending artist and the closing banter at the end of last was the funniest that I, the most fun time that I had, I think, doing this podcast. It was hmm. that moment. I was like, I did Paul Harvey a little bit for uh, Martina McBride, which just came naturally. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> then the we lost our minds a little bit at the end. That's from drinking we bourbon. Did. I don't you know, even oh, remember. Oh, I don't know if it's we did. It's probably more me did.
1: <laughs> well, hey, I don't remember. So uh, maybe that's, that's, that's something.
0: Oh you did a little. You did you actually did an impression. Jake did an no. impression at the yes you did.
1: Of who? But it
0: No, no. <laughs> you were doing a poo from The Simpsons.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's one of my few.
0: Anyway, check it out if you missed it. <laughs> and let's get to our final four. Now I'm gonna go for. i I'm gonna go for the first two and then you can go to the last two. No, Okay. <laughs> hey we can. No, okay. Jake, what's your fifth album? I'll give you the cred. Okay, what do you got? All right.
1: Whenever we were going to do this podcast, this name came to mind first, but I saved it to last. It's a name that I think a lot of people know now, and his name is Sturgill Simpson. That's a good one, actually. For me, the best album, when he was in a band called Sunday Valley, prior to when he kind of did his own solo thing and, and was really hitting it. But this album that he did, was it was called To the Wind and On to Heaven. And when I first heard it, it was one of those things when you start the album from beginning to end it's just like perfect super country but it has just a lot of different things going on he's he's just like great um, picking style because back then he was playing electric guitar while he's well known now and he pushes genre boundaries I think more so now my favorite was when he was in this band which was in 2004 but whatever band he's in this guy I think it's arguable that he's like the modern savior of country music I know it's a bold statement
0: well Sound and Fury was amazing I love that
1: oh yeah and that was that's not even a country album right but it's just it, it just goes to show oh it's me. just
0: it's, it's so like different, it just gonna yeah. me from left field and right. What, what album was this again, real quick?
1: It's called "To the Wind and On to Heaven." The problem is, it's it's almost impossible to find anymore. If you want to buy it at a reasonable price, I think you can go on Discogs and pay like a couple hundred bucks or whatever. But the tracks are available on YouTube, and I actually have found it on a Google Drive recently. Someone posted it, so yeah. Like I was saying, I think the modern kind of savior of country music. I know some might say lately like chris stapleton and he's up there i don't want to take that away from that guy but i just feel sturgill's is a powerhouse artist super gifted singer songwriter guitar player and his voice to me is like the perfect blend of all the best of like the greats before him and i actually heard he has covid right now actually oh really Or <laughs> he heard like a couple of weeks ago we did yeah I don't. I don't think he's doing bad.
0: Okay, as long as he's not but in the hospital. I think
1: a lot of touring bands have been diagnosed with it. I think just because of the nature of the environment that they're in. Because I think all of the band Testament I read is like practically has COVID um, from from just touring overseas and whatnot.
0: So tell me about this album. What's what's so good about it? Uh, walk me through it.
1: Well, and that's. I guess that's a difficult thing. It's super hard to pick the top three for me because I was like, I was gonna say there's some of the faster. Maybe more southern rock or even like really bluegrass influenced um, style because it's a little bit faster. And there's okay. some songs that are really just those kind of tearjerker, slow, country, drinking in a bar songs too. But they're all just so good. So for me, it was not only trying to pick the best songs to represent this album, but also the my favorites. And
0: that's just really hard to do. Oh, no, totally get you. Yeah. yeah. So what do you got?
1: Yeah, the first song, like I said, it was hard to pick. But I'm going to go with a song called Oh Sarah. And this is one he actually re-recorded recently on one of his albums. And I don't like the, the way he re-recorded it. I think a lot of times it's because, you know, when you hear a song the first way, that's just what's ingrained in your mind. And this, it's like the only way, the best way. So I don't know if it's just me that I'm kind of partial to this version. Because I think it, it lost a lot of the sentiment when he re-recorded it. I feel like this one was more emotional. It just connects. It's really just a love song chocked full of the hard parts of love and life. It's really, really
0: good. Okay. So let's listen to Oh Sarah off of To the Wind and On to Heaven by Sunday Valley. Big old dream I'm floating around. violin going no, on there It's called a fiddle yeah. i know either way
1: depends what genre you're in oh no
0: i get it no it's not like it sounds
1: <laughs> good. yeah like we said it's hard to capture the essence of a song in like a 15 second thing but it's great song all the way through
0: yeah no doubt no it's really cool mm. i really didn't know what to expect because i know what he's doing now <laughs> yeah so as you're starting to get into it i'm like is it going to be really avant-garde or is it going to be straightforward it's no, it sure. very much uh, it's in the americana type of folkish type of country space yeah yeah
1: and that's that's like a sampling of it but i say this to everyone i said if you really just listen to this whole album you're going to be like this is the perfection this is great so i'm i'm confident if you listen to this whole album you're gonna you're gonna eat it
0: up and i will so good good never fear
1: yeah so the next song i'm picking is a, a Trying to change gears to really represent a little bit, really a sampling of what he can do. Sure. This song is called Never Go to Town Again. And it was hard to pick this one for more of the upbeat song that I wanted to to showcase.
0: That's what the policeman told me, by the way.
1: Yeah, don't go to town again. You're out of here. (laughs) Yeah, or else. (laughs) But this is a smoking Hot song. They tear it up. Showcases to me what a killer guitar player he is, which you don't get to see so much now because he's just usually just playing acoustic. He has a, a lead electric guitar player but back then he was the guy on guitar and really just he's super skilled and i don't think people see that nowadays his kentucky drawl is real rich on this one i think it makes some of the lyrics hard to hear but it also kind of adds to that southern sound but yeah this one you're gonna it's just super good makes the hairs on your arms stick up
0: it's already sticking up and i don't even know what to expect
1: well wait just watch it's gonna be sticking up more you had me at he's
0: a really good guitar player so there you go yeah (laughs) here's never go to town again from sunday valley here we go smoking right yeah he's got some good chops it sounds yeah. like he's he's playing slide but he's playing a lot of open trills right up and hammer-ons down. Yeah,
1: and uh yeah not yeah, chicken picking too yeah
0: up and down so it looks it's, it not pretty and mm-hmm. he has heavy distortion which is what makes it sound a little different than most. yeah yeah
1: right totally yeah there's parts where it kind of does that like tug and pull where it'll drop and it'll build up again in the song so yeah again it's it's hard to do 15 seconds of a song and think you got it
0: but i'm always up for good. a good tug and pull
1: i've always said that about you
0: (laughs) oh my gosh oh lordy all right what do we have for the third song
1: yeah on that note um, (laughs) here's a another heartbreak song (laughs) this one's called i wonder it's a slow ballad type of song stings you in the heart I think what it is, it's just so many great lines. Like he says, all my tomorrows, they depend on how my todays go. And tell me what are memories for when you don't remember at all. There's just a lot of those one-liners. And I think what we said, like if you've ever been drunk and heartbroken, then country is going to like resonate with you. And this is probably one of those songs that you'll, they'll
0: get you. All right, Jake, yes. yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, I Wonder, uh, the final track off of the To the Wind and On to Heaven album. So let's listen to I Wonder. I Wonder if I'll like it. Ain't seen your place for a few years. Ago.
2: You don't ride, you don't talk
1: So good. Yeah. Hear so yeah, those good. harmonies in there too? So good.
0: <laughs> no, that sounded good. No, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah.
0: As I burp into the microphone. So professional. <laughs> 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 That's how we do. That's how we do it here. <laughs> well, let's just shift back right on to my stuff. Okay. Sometimes country music takes you back to a moment in time. For me, mm-hmm. this next art artist takes me back to the floor On my bonus room slash den or whatever it was when I was growing up. As my parents played this album. Kenny Rogers was my parents' music. And somehow it (laughs) seeped into me. Back in those days, there was no streaming. And as Jake knows, you listen to what your parents have. (laughs) Uh, We had a Lowry organ in the room. And it had a cassette player on it. And that was the only cassette player that I had access to. So... I use that cassette player a lot more than I use the organ. And everybody knows I like playing with my organ. (laughs) (laughs) The album that I'm going to talk about is 10 Years of Gold, in which Kenny reclaims songs that he sang with the first edition. And he also has some new recordings and the interpretations of some of recent successes that he had. And it's a really solid album straight through. Uh, The tracks... The first starts off with Reuben James, which is about a little white boy being raised and cared for by a person of color. And the song's sung from the point of view of the child when he gets older and looking back on the lifetime, and the the man who helped him was Reuben James. And that's the song. It's actually roughly based on a true story. The second one is Today I Started Loving You Again, which is a Merle Haggard song, actually. Mm -hmm. It's a good song, because that's more of a standard Kenny love song you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) Uh, ruby don't take your love to town which i'm going to talk about in a minute love lifted me it's pretty much a secular version of a hymn that kenny did although he does mention the bible in it and the lyrics go and who knows that i'm liable to take a song from the bible and then when i'm through i'll just sing love lifted me love lifted me it's actually an old it's a really old hymn and it's jesus all over it and the the actual version Hmm. When the feeling's good, it's funny. I looked up the lyrics online, and whoever did the lyrics online evidently misheard them. So the actual lyrics say, take your gown out of your closet, put it on. That's why I bought it. But if you go to some lyric sites, it says, take your gun out of the closet, (laughs) put it on. (laughs) I was like, what?
1: That changes the song a lot. It's a lot
0: different. (laughs) The next song I'm going to talk about is Lucille, so I'll skip it for the moment. Daytime Friends is about a woman knowing her husband's cheating on him, and she starts cheating on him with his best friend. So it's a a love story. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they're friends in the daytime in front of everybody, but at nighttime they're lovers. So that's the kind of idea of that. Just Dropped In is another song I'm going to talk about, which is the first hit by Kenny Anywhere, and it's not what you expect. And I may actually start with that. Something Burning is good, pretty straightforward. You think it's normal, and then it builds into this rising chorus and picks up really good. It definitely sounds 70s, but it's good. The next song is sort of a love ballad, but a really sad one. The name of the song is But You Know I Love You. Kenny sing- sings about regret out of not being able to remain with his wife due to career demands and his job. All right, let's get into the nitty-gritty. Uh, Kenny is a really interesting dude. Just step back for a second. I didn't realize that he had such an impact on different people. When he became an artist and started being popular, he started taking people under his wing. Mm -hmm. The first example of this started with the chance meeting. But I'll let Don Henley tell the story.
2: We were in Dallas, Texas one summer, I believe it was 1968, and we were in a clothing boutique there. And Kenny was in there because he was on tour with his group, The First Edition. And uh, Kenny was in there, I think primarily not for the clothing, but because there was a beautiful girl that was working in there. One of the bolder kids in my band walked right up to him and said, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, and we've got a little band here, and we're going to play in a club t- tonight here in Dallas. Would you come and hear us? And he went, yeah. And so he came and heard us play, and I guess he liked what he heard. And then eventually we got the call, and he said, okay, I'm ready for you to come out to L.A. now, and we're going to do a single first, and then and we're going to put it on an album, uh, a, a label, called Amos Records. But anyway, we signed to that label, and that label also happened to be the home of a guy named Glenn Fry
0: mm-hmm. So he got Donna Henley to L.A., and he lived with Kenny Rogers for up to six months. And during that six months wow. is where he found, he kind of left the band he came with and started the Eagles. So little things like that and lionel richie he kind of brought under his wing when he was with the commodores right he didn't know how to create his own story he didn't know how to create his own music and it's a really interesting story with the song lady later on which is very adult contemporary and not in my wheelhouse but yeah the the process and the story of him talking to lionel and hadn't lionel live in his guest house Wow, and that's where lionel wrote all of his hits, was from Kenny Rogers' Guest House. Wow. It's interesting. I mean, I heard Kenny say that he got to a point where he wanted a house, he wanted a car, and got them, check. Mm-hmm. Got a couple houses, check. I wanted a plane, got that, check. And he's like, what do I do now? Now I just have to help people. He kind of lived the rest of his life like that. So, But he also helped himself quite a bit because he had like five wives. So.
1: <laughs> oh, he did?
0: He, he did. He was the marrying type. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. The first song I'm going to talk about is just dropped in. It's not what you expect. It's a psychedelic song from the 60s. It was the first hit by him. It's said to reflect the LSD experience. Officially, the song was a warning about the dangers of LSD, but unofficially, it's believed not to be the case. <laughs> uh, Glenn Campbell actually played the initial solo for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever watched the Big Lembo- uh, the Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. It's the dream sequence. That's the music plan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, according to Kenny Rogers, Jimi Hendrix once told him that this was his all-time favorite song. Wow. Which is kind (laughs) of interesting. And it's not, as I said, it's not this ballad that you normally associate with him. Although what he did on this album is he put a reclaim to it, so he updated some of the sound. He re-recorded everything. So it's not going to be the initial gritty recording of it and more rock. He gives a little bit of a, a disco beat to it almost mm-hmm. in the rewrite. But it's such a good album that it's worth it. Oh, and interesting. I almost went with The Gambler. But yeah, if you go through the whole a really album, classic. <laughs> the song itself is great. And it's actually funny. Johnny Cash did it 10 years previous. But mm. if you hear the Johnny Cash version, it's awful. <laughs> when, when you compare it to Kenny's because he kind of it's very different. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really different. And the inf- the emphasis is so different. And anyway, Gambler's a good album. It's not a great album. And this one was solid all the way through, so I went with this yeah. one instead.
1: It's one of for some reason it's just one of more the more uh well known, I guess.
0: Well it's, it was his big Just because the song it's yeah. his big solo breakthrough. It was yeah. when it's like, Oh my gosh, everybody was paying attention to him. And he crossed over into the pop and R and B even sometimes, and obviously easy listening and country, which is kind of where he stopped. But uh, let's start with uh, just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in, and mm-hmm. let's take a lesson. I don't know. It sounds—it's one of those songs that doesn't sound like Kenny Rogers to some degree, especially no. the instrumentation. Right. That's mm-hmm. why I kind of let it, let it play there for a little bit, so <laughs> you can kind of hear some of the guitar and the vibe to it.
1: Yeah, that is a good song. I remember that one.
0: Yeah, it's—you know—it was he used to sing that right after "Lady" about "Lady," mm. and then he'd be talking about "Lady." I took acid and I liked it, and I <laughs> fell down—something like that. <laughs> oh anyway yeah no but that was great and i love the rasp of kenny rogers there's something about he can tell a story you can give him anything Mm. and he grabs you because it's maybe it's just how i grew up with him i guess but he has that such gravel in his tone but he it works so well for him so yeah
1: no yeah he has really good tone but it's like But like I said, it's a little earthy. There's something like in there that's kind of just, uh, it's pretty, but also a little rugged.
0: Okay. The next song I'm going to talk about is Lucille. It's a story about a man who sees a woman at a bar and she's slipping off her wedding ring. So he goes to make a move and he goes up to the bar and who should walk up, but her husband. But it's interesting that the song itself, it's from the perspective of the guy in the situation who's picking up on the cheating wife. I'll, I'll read the lyrics here for a second. I'll start it as the husband walks up to the couple at the bar. You've picked a fine time to leave me Lucille, four hungry children and a crop in the field. I've been through some bad times, lived through some sad times, but this time you're hurting won't heal. You picked a fine time to leave me Lucille. And then he's like, after he left us, I ordered more whiskey and took her back to the room, but I just couldn't get those words out of my mind. So he kind of backs out of it. At least it seems to be. Uh, and he keeps coming back that, you know, this woman did this to this man and really emasculated him and left him with children. <laughs> you know what I mean? This isn't like, you know, hey, I'm leaving you because you're a jerk. This is like, I'm leaving you because I want to go out and do whatever. So mm. it, it's he has this sort of dark side on a lot of his songs that you wouldn't expect. And it's going to be even more apparent when we hit the next song. Lucille is just a great tune. Let's say, have you heard it before?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know this one.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, standard Kenny Rogers uh, mm-hmm. gospel, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, let's listen to "Lucille" by Kenny Rogers. But he started shaking; his big heart was breaking. He turned to
2: the woman and said, "You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille, with four hungry children and a cropping
0: I've had some bad times Lived through some sad times But this time you hurt hurting, won't he? It's interesting when he plays that, Just he goes up in key as that song goes on. Mm. So it's one of those weird things that if you listen to it, it's like, oh, he's singing that up, and that's going up. And it's like, why do you do yeah. that? I hate when they do that. But I, but I, <laughs> I guess it has a different sort of vibe. As a guitar player, I'm like... Argh maybe it's
1: a it's a country thing, i don't know. Yeah,
0: no, i know. He keeps rolling up and rolling up. It's just fine. It's mm-hmm. not it's not difficult, but uh anyway, it's interesting. Uh he died on March 20th of this year. This March? Yeah, this oh, March. Oh, wow. In the middle of the whole corona thing. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And he had to have a small funeral, but mm. it, you know, you think you'd want to have a big one because he's and they've been trying to hold off And have a big funeral for him Uh, because so many people he impacted so many lives, and I mean he was way involved in the uh, uh, artist for Africa. What is it? USA for Africa?
1: We Are the World.
0: Yeah, he he Mm -hmm. actually was involved with that with uh, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson writing it. So he had really close ties with Lionel Richie, and I guess that's why he was given an opportunity to pick where he wanted to sing. He had the fourth line in the whole song.
1: Yeah, I remember, actually, the visual of all the people on on the stage right there singing
0: that and with him. It was great. Everybody, he said, the only thing I asked for is make sure I get in front of Ray Charles. Because once Ray Charles <laughs> sings, it's over. You don't want to follow Ray Charles. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, But it was, it's a lot of uh, videos out there you can see. And it's interesting. There's a documentary... A&E if you have A&E definitely check it out it's fantastic and it intercuts him with his finale concert which he had under a year ago uh, when he retired from being a performer and he had all of his favorite artists joining him including Dolly Parton and including Reba McIntyre and a bunch of names right Mm -hmm. and Lionel Richie but it was kind of nice for him to say goodbye to everybody In that space, and it's so funny that that sort of thing happens, and then they die a short time after that, yeah, within a year of that. So anyway, sorry for the depressing. Oh, speaking of depressing (laughs) songs, I'm going to talk about Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town next, and a lot of times people don't realize what the lyrics are for this, so I'm going to take a slight delay here. And I'm going to walk you through the lyrics. I'm not going to play the song, so I can just walk you through the lyrics. You've painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down. A ruby, don't take your love to town. Okay, so his wife's leaving, and it's weird. Then it starts getting weird. It goes, it wasn't me that started that old crazy Asian war, but I was proud to do my patriotic chore. Yes, it's true that I'm not the man I used to be. Oh, Ruby, I still need some company. It's like, wait, what's going on? The next verse. It's hard to love a man whose legs are bent and paralyzed. And the wants and needs of a woman your age, I realized, right? It won't be long till I heard them say that I'm not around. Oh, Ruby, don't take your love to town. So his wife's leaving him and he's paralyzed. <laughs> and... Uh, and it ends with, she's leaving now because I just heard the slamming on the door. The way I heard it, I heard it slams 100 times before. And if I could move, I'd get my gun and put her in the ground. Oh, wow. Oh, Ruby, you don't take your love to town. <laughs> and in the original version of this, when he was writing it, he actually does shoot and kill her. And that's how it ends. <laughs> so.
1: Hey, it's it, real life, huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: and this is, uh, I think it's Mel Tillis who wrote this. Oh, so kind of an interesting choice for a song the release. Hey, it's that's what's
1: great about country songs, it's just the storytelling even if it gets a little dark and obscure, it's really just it's fascinating, you know, to hear a story put to this music.
0: Yeah, it's it's like from like a woman leaving a a man with four kids who's a farmer to yeah. A woman leaving a man who's paralyzed from the Korean War. From war, yeah. Yeah, It's you wouldn't think that that's what Kenny Rogers would be singing about, especially if you think about some of his later music. But let's take a listen to Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town.
2: It's hard to love a man whose legs are bent and paralyzed. And the wants and the needs of a woman your age, Ruby, I realize. But it won't be long, I've heard them say, until I'm not around.
0: Don't take your love to town. That's my first artist, Kenny Rogers. It's something about him, especially with the early stuff. Mm -hmm. It's once he gets by the gambler, it kind of starts losing me. Yeah. There's some songs I liked, even some of the duets that he sang at the time. Everybody sort of liked them. It's kind of interesting the story behind the Islands in the Stream. And Barry Gibb was their producer for that song. Oh, really? And he's like, That song's just not working. He goes, Don't worry, let me figure it out. I know how to fix this. And Dolly Parton lived a block away from the studio in LA. And when she was in LA, she had a little apartment. And he's like, well, Where are you? I'm in LA. Well, come down to the studio. And it went and it was magic it was the first time they ever sang together Hmm. and they kind of hit it off and crazy uh, so who knows all right jake what is your final final pick yeah country album what do you got this one was
1: probably the hardest of uh picks because like we said we have we have six each and it really makes you put everything you you think about your favorite country albums through the ringer and why they're important and more important than the others. And I went through a lot of the classic guys, like I had a George Jones album on deck, David Lanko and a ton of Johnny cash. And I couldn't really pick a Johnny cash. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to have to do a Johnny cash um, episode because (laughs) it just can't do it. Like he has so many albums from so many different eras of his career that I just couldn't do it. So oddly enough, I went with a more modern guy And his name is Whitey Morgan. What I love about this guy, he channels that classic honky-tonk sound, but it sounds fresh and modern, like I said. He's a highly underrated artist for how long he's been at it. And there are a lot of great newer country artist peers that I struggled to choose for this instead. How about Glory, Tyler Childers? There's just some names that kind of popped up. Um, And then the obvious albums from the classic dudes, like I mentioned. But I just kept coming back to Whitey. This is my live album. You know, we talked about greatest hits and live albums and everything. You're and...
0: supposed to have one combined, greatest hits <laughs> or live album, but I'm going to grab oh. a live album next, I think. All right. That said, and you had one compilation and one... Rules are meant to be broken. I got it.
1: <laughs> no, well, this, is, this one's different. The songs that he picked, or that I picked from this album, are the ones I was going to pick from a, a single album. But I just went with this one because you get more meat, you know? If someone's going to pick an album, I want them to hear, like, all this good stuff. No, I'm with Um, you. you. Yeah. So it's called Born, Raised, and Live from Flint. Yep. What's great about it, like I said, it's this one. it sounds like that perfection of the studio recording while capturing that energy of of their live show. So it's obviously chock full of his best songs. This is just that live, tight musicianship that I think they're really known for. And he's just got that voice. You got a little bit of Waylon. You got a little bit of all these guys there. But I just feel like it's just when you think of honky-tonk sound, that voice comes to mind.
0: I'm looking at the tracks and i see the bottom one is mind your own business which is uh hank williams
1: hank williams yeah that was like the last song and there's even a springsteen cover on here that he makes listenable
0: i'm on fire yeah yeah
1: <laughs> and i'm not the biggest springsteen fan but
0: he went to my high school not with me
1: really but, yeah. oh yeah you were from jersey right so yeah
0: mm-hmm. oh wow freehold borough high school yep
1: so did uh didn't zach wild he was he's a jersey boy did you know him
0: well, I didn't know him, but uh, I think he went to Jackson High School, which is out in, uh, right by Great Adventure, which is kind of like our magic mountain. But to answer your question, I did not know him. Oh, Jersey's okay. a big place. It's like, <laughs> it's like, say, California. It's like, granted, California's bigger, but it's, it's very densely populated New Jersey. Yeah. Like, oh, you're from
1: L.A.? You must know all these movie stars.
0: Yeah. A lot of times you do, though.
1: Yeah. So this album... My top three I'm going to start with my favorite song of his And it's called I Ain't Drunk It's a great country song A good bar song Great witty lyrics He says I ain't drunk i just been drinking I started five in the afternoon About three days ago It's just <laughs> kind of You know it's funny Love the piano on it And it's just It's good country
0: Alright let's listen to I Ain't Drunk By Whitey Morgan And the 78s Well
2: I ordered up Another whiskey Wanted to kill one more beer. That's when that bartender told me, son, he said you've been cut off in here. Told him I ain't drunk. Well, I just been fine again. Well, I started at five
0: in the afternoon about three days ago. No, it's good. It reminds me of sort of a little bit of junior. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of hear that, and I hear a little bit of Toby Keith. If you melded those two, and they had oh, yeah, some sort of some, country yeah. baby. That's,
1: uh, I mean, there's something about him. Like it's just, it's, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it. He's really just doing it well. I think that's what makes it stand out to me. And he's, he's friends with like Cody Jinx, They've done tours and stuff. So there's a lot of these contemporaries that are maybe getting a little bit of leg up over him. But right, I feel yeah. like, unfortunately, he's just not um, as seen or or noticed for. No, I
0: have never to heard of him. To be yeah, truthful.
1: Yeah, he's good shows. Um, seen him maybe four times and. Whitey Morgan sounds
0: like he was the head of the Philadelphia uh, Irish mob.
1: It's a weird name, right? You're like, oh, wow, Whitey. That's kind of bizarre. And I think his name's Eric or something actually. But, <laughs> and uh, the first time I saw him, it was like at the the Echo in uh, L.A. Echo Park, and we got there early, and like my friend brought in a bunch of those little mini whiskey bottles and he pulled him out of his boot and like handed him a couple he didn't even think twice he just was like throwing them back and hanging out so he's he's a real deal even though he's from michigan he's uh he sounds like he's from
0: texas (laughs) yeah no no i get it
1: yeah it's kind of weird so yeah moving on this is a fun song it's called buick city i used to have this old white buick le saber and this was like my my theme song for that thing i I called it boss hog
0: Um,
1: but this song's fun it's it a
0: convertible too and you have like the horns in front that would be awesome
1: no i i tried actually i actually had some horns that i was gonna mount on there but i just couldn't get it in me to drill into the hood and, and do it because the bumper was plastic right so it, i don't know maybe yeah. i should have done to the bumper but well
0: that'd be but awesome
1: I, yeah i was close i i bought the horns and i had the screws and everything ask anybody it was it was that close so i had to trade it in thank god it didn't because i probably would have um gotten not as much money for
0: or you may have gained a lot
1: that's true yeah
0: <laughs> the dukes of hazard crowd would have been like i want that car right there <laughs> yeah that's awesome It got horns it's like a car plus horns <laughs> yeah it Come has on, a that... horn have and you change the horn
1: to play to play dixie then you would have it would have, it been, would have been, it. been perfect <laughs> you
0: get like uh it, it comes with the side of a cop car you get with roscoe p Coltrane Hit. and flash yeah Geek. Go get him flash.
1: <laughs> he'll follow, he'll chase you wherever you go, all over town. <laughs>
0: get them Duke boys. <laughs> yeah, Duke, Duke, Duke.
1: such a good show.
0: I know it's so, <laughs> such a shame. It's just a sidebar. It's such a shame that they ruined that show. Well, number one, Barbara Bach made that show. Catherine Bach. Oh, Catherine Bach. Yeah, Barbara Daisy. Bach was in the Spine Who Loved Me. Catherine oh, okay. Bach was the short shorts in Dukes of Hazzard. Daisy. Both hot, <laughs> but they they took the the rebel flag out of the Dukes of Hazzard. Like if you watched old episodes now
1: oh they did
0: yeah they generally will just have numbers on it
1: wow they went through all that work to take it out yeah because it's wow. racist
0: i guess i don't know
1: yeah yeah it's a whole nother topic and it is sad and disappointing but yeah
0: no I, I they shouldn't mess with old movies you gotta just understand the time it was in yeah let it be i mean what the,
1: what do you go back is. and change blazing saddles i mean that's just kind of a you know
0: you dig into it uh, yeah I, I, They'll change everything. They will.
1: Anyway, yeah. So, this (laughs) super tight musicianship on the song. uh, Really great vocal harmonies. Tons of twang. It's just, again, not reinventing the wheel. It's just good country.
0: All right. Let's listen to Buick City. And here's from Michigan. So, that makes sense, right? Here we go.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I got that old Buick City.
0: I like when they stopped They did the double stop Yeah, there's a lot of that in this song Real yeah. tight Yeah, I
1: love yeah, it That's good
0: It kind of makes it All right so that's, I agree You have one more?
1: Yeah, so last song I picked is uh, This one's called Bad News This one's more of a slow groove is
0: it about the bears
1: not at all no no (laughs) unless yeah no no i'm pretty sure it isn't but people might get that joke
0: (laughs) i'm a baseball fan so it's kind of
1: yeah yeah but this song yeah it just just feels good i love the hammond organ in it and i think with this song there's organ in it and on the original version the studio track it doesn't have it so this is what another reason why i think this is a, a better album
0: it's, it's always awesome when you have a band that's better live than in-studio.
1: Right? Typically, you go to a show and you want to hear that studio recording. That's what's familiar. But sometimes some bands do that and they they change it and add to it and you actually like it more. And I think that's pretty telling.
0: Especially but, they sound like more of a country jam band.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just add some flavor and introduce some new instrumentation or something. Just more solos, you know. Who doesn't love more solos in
0: there? i would definitely on board for more solos. Yeah, right. Unless oh, yeah, drum um, solos, you can pass them.
1: I agree. As a drummer, actually, I'm not the uh, biggest into drum. Well, solos.
0: everybody needs a bathroom break, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but so as a drummer, come on. Does he?
0: Does
1: he? <laughs> All right, you could probably just half the time. That,
0: who's to say what's underneath that stool? It can just be like a porta potty back there. Hey, man, they should
1: they should invent some kind of drum stool, some drum throne that just has a a little container to just relieve yourself. It's in. called
0: a porta potty. Just get a porta potty. And just yeah. get like a john there and sit. You can get one of those grandma comfy toilet seats. Yeah, <laughs> and if thing. someone <laughs>
1: if someone takes this idea, it's recorded here first, and we have it documented. This That's This is right. where the idea started. <laughs> So yeah. Anyway, the, this organ—that um, drummer's has, looking
0: intense. I think <laughs> he's taking a dump.
1: Yeah, you could see it in his face. <laughs> the tempo slows down a bit too. Right. So anyway, yeah. Uh, Bad news. Good, good Hammond organ solo, pedal steel solo in there. I love pedal steel. Really good guitar solos. It's just it's a good tune. But like I said, it's it's a more of a mid tempo groove so just one of the songs
0: just feels good no okay let's take a listen to some bad news well bad news travels
2: like wildfire good news travels slow they all call me wildfire everybody knows
0: sounds good
1: yeah good album good tune there's another song i don't know if it's on this one i think it is it's called where do you want it it's a, it's in a one worth mentioning where it's about billy joe armstrong when he shot some guy in a bar in texas for just running his mouth dale watson wrote it but he let yd cover it oh really and it's a it's a good tune too but yeah i, I would recommend just spin this album and just dig it
0: no it sounds fun It's. it's cool yeah. it's like albums that i haven't heard that i like <laughs> now, you're going to be pissed at me, because I'm going to have to go, and I wish you would have picked one. Johnny Cash? Yeah, I'm going to go with my favorite country artist, I've been waiting at the end, because I have two albums that I wanted to talk about, and <laughs> right, now I have to pick one, uh, because I was pretty certain you were going to talk about them, but you didn't.
1: Me too. I honestly was. It was that thing where I was like, I had three albums that I was narrowing down, and I'm like, I can't just pick one, so I'm not going to pick any.
0: Yeah, you should pick <laughs> one. I would have picked the other. So it been all right?
1: It's I think... I think we should do a, a Johnny Cash episode.
0: Well, I think we'll do that in the future, but we're going to talk a lot of Johnny Cash here over the next one. And I was torn, but one of my favorite ones is when he was live at Austin. Mm-hmm. I like that album just generally. That's funny, man. I,
1: I wrote that album down too. That one stuck out to me early on too. I was entertaining that idea.
0: I remember listening to Ghost Riders in the Sky. Yeah. Johnny Cash doing it. And I learned that was one of the first things I learned like, solo-wise on a guitar. Mm -hmm. and I used to be able you know, all that stuff. It's a lot of fun. So I was like, I have to have this song on it, and that was the only live album that had it. But then I really started thinking, I'm like, okay, there's two albums that really ought to jump out, and the other album I'm not going to talk about is his last album he ever recorded because there's two songs on there that are just amazing and uh, American That album? Oh
1: my god, that album was on, I was about to do that exact album because that one just stands out so big to me.
0: Yeah, American 4, that was the one I was going to do, but it was down no, between that ain't and... Ain't no grave,
1: right? That's is 5. Is, were you thinking about 5 or 4?
0: Yeah, no, no, it's not that, it's when the man comes around. Mm. For me when the man comes around and
1: oh, okay I was thinking Ain't No Grave so never mind.
0: <laughs> the way he addresses hurt in that album. Yeah. And I hung my head uh-huh. Sam Hall's another great song he did on that album. Sure. That said, I went with the big one at Folsom Prison. Yeah. It was a groundbreaking album for him. This is coming from a period where he had huge success in the 50s and as we near the end of the 60s his popularity is clearly waning. And he's just dealing with his amphetamine problem. Oh, by the way, I watched "I Walk the Line," the movie, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. by the way, not accurate historically at all. No. Uh, there's bits and pieces that are taken from events, but not by the right person or who it's written by. Absolutely. There's a couple of truths yeah. in there. Uh, "Ring of Fire" was written by June Carter. Sure, there's a yeah. couple of things that, that, in there, but overall it's a story more than the actual thing that happened but i'm not certain but i think the guy who plays jerry lee lewis in that movie is shooter jennings
1: no he it's waylon the guy who plays waylon is shooter because they were they were roommates so johnny cash and waylon were roommates for a while and shooter plays his dad in the
0: movie oh okay oh okay i didn't realize i don't know
1: or as you would say scooter right
0: if scooter i actually (laughs) said that first I said, Scooter. What do you mean, Scooter? Isn't it Shooter? I'm like, yeah, I know. I like, when you intentionally say something wrong a couple times, <laughs> and then people think you're an idiot, yeah. they don't get it.
1: It's a fine line there, Durek.
0: <laughs> and and you have to kind of force yourself to say it. Like, we, <laughs> like my daughter, we, we get Propel, the water. Yeah, the water? You know, I the love flavor that song. water Yeah, it's great. And it's kind of like Gatorade, but just with water. Mm. And she loves it. And I always call it Propel, just to kind of have fun with her. You know, to mispronounce it on purpose. And now she calls and now it. And now she says it propel and I'm like, No, 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 don't say that. People think you're an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh anyway, at Folsom Prison is an amazing album, straight yeah. through. Every song's good. The whole story behind it. There's a book on Audible called Folsom Untold. Really amazing, talking about the concert. And a lot of the backstory went on with uh, Glenn Shirley and people like that. Glenn Shirley was the guy who wrote the last song on the album, which is Greystone Chapel. He was actually an inmate at Folsom when he played it. Yep. And he called him out, and obviously that raises your status quite a bit when the um, great Johnny Cash is I think Myrtle
1: Haggard was as well in prison, and he saw Johnny Cash play while he was in prison.
0: That could be true, I guess. But with Glenn Shirley... But Johnny Cash picked his song out.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Ray
0: Stone Chapel, and he sang it.
1: Mm-hmm. He actually
0: had a practice with his band before playing the show yep. because he didn't know how to play that song, and he had to learn it. Anyway, so I'm going to talk yeah, about that song cool. a little bit.
1: I like that one a lot, but I, the San Quentin album is my favorite of the live prison albums. But this is obviously like the you know,
0: the classic. It was such a turning point for Cash in general because he had, as I said, been on in Means for a while and finally in 67 he finally kicked the habit at least for a little bit Mm -hmm. and he was talking to the record label and he wasn't selling as much as he used to right and he was going through all his problems with his first wife vivian and and he's like i want to do a prison album and the label's like yeah you have like (sighs) a christian following base they're not going to want to hear you talking about prisoners the rapists and murderers why would you want to do that no we'll give you a live album but just not at a prison he's like I'm going to the prison I'm making the tape if you want it you can have it if not throw it in the garbage that's what I'm doing (laughs) so he went out there and he went to Folsom and it brought his career around and the the Folsom album sold more than the Beatles that year The Folsom album was huge. It started with the first track, which I'll talk about later, which is the most famous track, I think, that he wrote like 10 years previous, which is Folsom Prison Blues. Then the second track is Darkest of Dungeon, which we talked about a little bit in the John Mellencamp episode, because he covered Mm -hmm. that for a mine, but it makes much more sense as a prison song. It's good to hear him mess up a little bit as part of it, you know, he was joking he's like well this is being recorded and anything and yeah uh his banter during the false prison.
1: that's what i think that's part of his performance was not just the music but just the dialogue and banter in between songs was just again something that said he was an entertainer right he just was was just that yeah he has the
0: audience and he especially in prison when you get because if you don't prisoners don't like it you're in trouble (laughs) especially for maximum security right he actually talked later he's like why were there only like two two or three cops in here? He goes, if I brought a hundred cops in here and they wanted to riot, it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. And he makes fun of the water that they're getting and everything. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, it's, yep. yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. He talks about yep. the water. It's like yellow water or whatever. Uh-huh. It's all in these steel cups.
1: <laughs>
0: so you can't see it. I still miss someone. He wrote it with Roy Cash Jr. It's pretty solid. Cocaine Blues is just a great tune. Mm-hmm. I liked it quite a bit. And it was one of those ones I almost talked about. And then it was 25 minutes to go I like even more. Because it's a story about a guy being about to be executed by hanging. And he starts oh, yeah. counting down as the yep. song's going on. I have 25 minutes to go. Great story, I got yeah. My, blah, blah, blah. 24 yeah. minutes to go. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> and at the end, and now I'm swinging, here I go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was appropriate. He said, this is like the movie, so I get the call, you know, and all that stuff. It's, just, it's, it's a fantastic tune. Mm-hmm. 25 Minutes to Go, Orange Blossom Special. Uh, when Johnny was young, he used to start, uh, he fell in love with the singing brakeman, Jimmy Rogers. He actually called it one of his biggest influences. He sang about trains, and that was mm-hmm. one of the first big artists that had in impact on his life, and that's what the Orange Blossom Special is about train that went up and down the east coast and you, it's a harmonica song so Jake
1: probably yeah. it. a dual harmonica even I think he had two different harmonicas
0: another song I'm going to talk about in a minute is the long black veil which yeah. I love that song send a picture of mother it's fine that, it's the hardest time will be on Sunday morning church bells will ring on heaven hill heaven hill please ask reverend Garrett to pray for me which is actually the church he went to was in ventura
1: Mm -hmm. yeah he had um some property out there i think some years back i was going back out there there was um johnny cash music festival they'd have every year in ventura fairgrounds that i was i was going to there'd be like car show and different bands playing johnny cash songs and i saw chris christopherson there actually oh wow um play yeah it was it's pretty fun i don't know if they still do it but ventura is pretty proud of their um their johnny cash claim
0: and then the wall which is another fantastic as you look at the wall so strong and tall you could hear him softly curse. Nobody ever climbed that wall, but I'm going to be the first. I'm going to mm-hmm. be the first. Great. Dirty old egg-sucking dog. Kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the opposite of, like, Zach Brown's sick amount of chicken.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Because he doesn't like the, you know. He's threatening to send that dog to the breed chicken house in the sky. <laughs> um, I flushed from the bathroom of your heart. It's kind of a funny song, not. You know. <laughs> and then uh, I'm sure the prisoners' favorite song of the night was Jackson, because June Carter came out and sang that with him. Yes, yeah, females. Yep, and give my love to Rose. Another great song. I got stripes, right in line with the uh, the prisoners' the green green grass of home. Uh, Porter Wagner song about a man coming home to the family, but realized he thinks he's coming home to the family, and he's imagining it. Mm -hmm. But he wakes up and he's still trapped in prison. Yep. He was dreaming or something. And then Greystone Chapel. So let me start talking about Greystone Chapel and we'll walk our way back to the, the known ones. Greystone Chapel is the last song on Folsom and it's written by Glenn Shirley. And Glenn Shirley had a big impact. Well, Johnny Cash had a big impact on his life and Glenn Shirley had a big impact on Johnny Cash's life. Shortly after Folsom, the guitar player for... Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Two died yep. after it. And he's like, I couldn't save him. I couldn't save him. I'm sure as hell. Is it Luther? S- yeah, Luther. And, yeah. and I, I'm sure as hell going to save this guy that I met in prison, Glenn Shirley, who was mm-hmm. in there for life, I think. And he actually went to Ronald Reagan, who was then the uh, governor of California, and petitioned for his release. And he eventually got it. Mm-hmm. As, but he was in his care. And he brought him out, but Glenn, and he actually lived with Johnny and June for a while after yeah. he was out. And he had to live in the house, and he tried to rehab him, and he was fine. But then he started getting in his drugs ways, and he started missing yeah. prison, and he started having a hard time relating to the outside world. He supposedly threatened one of the band members, and Johnny didn't want to have it at that point, and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm done and you're done, and he kind of cut him off. And
1: yeah, but still, really cool story, like the the risk, the chance he took there.
0: Yeah, and uh, Reverend Gressett, the pastor at the Greystone Chapel, uh, had the song given to him by Glenn Shirley, mm-hmm. and he snuck it out, because they're not allowed to pass stuff back and forth from prisoners. So he passed it on through the prisoner's recreation director, and it made his way to Johnny Cash. And Johnny heard the song, and he loved it. So that's why he sang it. And Glenn, for a while, opened for Johnny when he was around. And Johnny was a big... He testified for Congress for prison reform. Yeah. He testified for uh, the way the Indians were treated. He had a big place in his heart for people who are prisoned and made mistakes in life. And if there's somebody who can appreciate that, Johnny Cash, I think, can understand how you can screw up
1: Right. I was going to say, I think he related to that a lot. He
0: was caught with, you know, bringing drugs across the border, like smuggling like a large amount that the feed is habit, mm-hmm. probably, but it was more of, he had like three bags of pills in his guitar when he came across the border. Yeah. So he got busted for <laughs> trafficking or whatever. Okay, let's listen to Greystone Chapel, the Glenn Shirley song. <laughs> Inmate in the second row or first row, depending on who you talk to, at the concert, <laughs> He did two concerts at Folsom, yeah. he did, uh, so that all the inmates can come see him. It would be too crazy getting everybody in the same room. Let's listen to Greystone Chapel. There's a gray
2: stone Chapel here at Folsom. A house of worship in this den of sin. You wouldn't think that God had a place here at Folsom. But he saved the soul of many lost men.
0: Now there's Graystone Chapel. Anyway, that's Graystone Chapel. Yeah, it's cool. I, I I think it's right up his alley to do that sort of thing. You know what I mean? He's sort of
1: yeah. It's his own song. Like you hear it and you don't think that there was uh you know a different writer.
0: Oh, yeah. It's amazing how many writers existed in those days.
1: Yeah. The collaborations and taking each other's songs and and not just once. Like, you know, you'd hear the same song done by four or
0: five different guys. Yep. All right. My next song I am going to talk about was originally recorded in 1955. It was inspired by the movie Inside the Walls of Folsom Prison that when he was a uh, member of the Air Force... He was a part of the uh, people who decoded signals, the the coding group from uh, intercepted Morse code. He actually reported uh, Stalin's death and a couple of things. He was actually the guy on the audio listening to reports, and he actually was one of those people. It's kind of interesting because he had such a good ear for tones that he did that for a living. Anyway, in the Air Force, they had played movies in the, wherever, the mess hall, and they had a couple, and they played this Folsom, inside the walls of Folsom, and he put himself in the place of the prisoner there, and he's actually equated military people to being prisoners to some degree, and being separated from family, and being forced to go places where they're not meant meant to be, that sort of thing. Mm. This song, when it was released, this is the Folsom Pri- Prison Blues, of course. The reaction during the the concert, where right. when he says, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die and there's right. cheers, mm-hmm. they've heard a uh, naked version of that, and there's no cheers in the actuality when he sings it. That oh. was Ed
1: post. Oh, really? I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, it was just to get the, that sort of uh, magic. It's like, because oh, that's those, what you'd the, expect. They're, from they're prisoners, wild. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're wild. They were like, yeah, kill a dude. Kill him. Yeah. <laughs> You're one of us. That sort of feel. <laughs> and a lot of people was like, oh my gosh, how maddening are they? And mm. they're not. That was just happened to be a, an uh, edit. Boo. <laughs> you know, they always play that. Yeah. And they had to move the line uh, right after this was released. Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. Although it was out for a short time, all the radio stations pulled it when he talked about shooting a man in Reno. Because at that time, it wasn't as pervasive as it is now. And it was kind of sensitive. And the A&R guy had to get on the phone with Johnny and try and sell him on the first single off this album. Yeah. And to remove that line from it, when it hit the radios, he sat with him for an hour or two and tried to just batter him into it. And he finally (sighs) gave up. He says, fine, just go do it. And it became this massive hit for him. So even though he released it in 1955 initially, Mm -hmm. the Folsom album, that version, is the one that everybody that really blew up for him at that point. So um, it's just a fantastic tune.
1: He actually got sued. Well, I think "Folsom Prison" is—he is, um, took the first line from an old kind of—and
0: uh... the music—and it was more than just the first line. Yeah, uh, because I've heard it. You're right, it's uh,
1: it's obvious, but he he—you could tell he like borrowed that and then ran with it. But there was so much that he took, and it was a girl singing right on that original song. Yeah,
0: it's the Crescent City Blues. Yeah, actually, actually, let's play the Crescent City Blues just for a second.
1: Because it's kind of like a crooning song. It's one of those. Yeah, well, you'll, like yeah, dated... you hear it. Here we go. I
2: hear the train a-comin', it's rollin' round the bend And I ain't been kissed long since I don't know when The boys in Crescent City don't seem to know I'm here But
0: yeah, it's, it sounds... <laughs> the lyrics are the same <laughs> it's all more the, or less yeah i mean uh, falsa prism and crescent city and then it then, yeah. it then it deviates after that but it was just kind of interesting uh so mm-hmm. i i love this tune and sometimes you know music to some degree <sighs> who was i listening to anyway it was a commentary on one of these uh documentaries on johnny cash he was saying well the reality is people steal stuff if I write something, it's not wholly mine. No matter what I write, yeah, because it's based from years and years of music.
1: Yeah, it's all derivative in some way. Sometimes more obvious than others, but yeah,
0: yeah it's like a good song steals a little bit. A great song yeah. steals a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a Amen. great line. <laughs> so let's listen to a little of Folsom Prison Blues. that was a song he had to play
1: <laughs> yeah and you gotta he op- love whenever he's like suey oh, i know
0: it's <laughs> great and he opened up with it and you know it's it's uh it's kind of good he gets it out of the way it's like you've heard this song before so i'm gonna hit you with this and it's funny the one of the warden beforehand allegedly told him not to play a lot of things that remind him people of being in prison right and yeah. every song is about being a prisoner <laughs> every song <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i mean it's not like they're not aware of where they are so
0: <laughs> yeah the long black veil vale i thought was interesting it's a lefty mm-hmm. Frizzell song yeah lefty and uh it was told from the point of view of a man falsely accused of murder and he was executed but he refuses to Provide an alibi because on the night of the murder, he was having an affair with his best friend's wife. Mm-hmm. And he'd rather die and take the secret to the grave than admit yeah. the truth. And I love the no body. You know, wh- wh- lo- no but me. No is yeah. me. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. Like, no. I, I like what he does, that inflections and Johnny's yeah. so amazing. Little warble that. thing going oh. there. Yeah, it yeah, gets that, that, you know, the so good yeah <laughs> i love I mean, the feel of the tune and you know he's tailoring it to his audience once again This is a song that everybody in prison half of them or at least or or probably everybody would admit that they were wrongly accused right maybe one, <laughs> one <or two>. <laughs> that's know, everyone's story yeah like five sure. percent of the people there right <laughs> so it, it, it hits his audience pretty hard and yeah, it's just a, such a good tune so let's listen to the long black veil at Falls in Prison.
2: Nobody knows, nobody sees, nobody knows but me. The judge said, son, what is your alibi? If you were somewhere else, then you won't have to die. I suppose in a long black veil she cries on my bones.
0: I guess it was the nose that he knows. Yeah, yeah. But I love yeah. those
1: um the songs that he did where it's just that like smooth pin drop kind of storytelling songs where you're just like captivated. You're just drawn into this whole thing.
0: He could tell us. He can just make a song. It doesn't have to be hit. It just he sings it. And when you get to his American yep. albums later on. You see, just the power of him with the guitar by himself. Yeah. And here's a seventy year old man later on singing "Hurt," which you've heard a billion times by Trent Reznor. Mm. And when he sings it, it's totally his. Yeah. And "Hang My Head" by by Sting. It was like, no, that's Johnny Cash's song. Yeah. It, it's you hear that force in the the vocal and his timber and his just owning it with his voice his voice is the star it's not music it's not it's his voice absolutely yeah storytelling it's it's just amazing
1: one of the richest voices in music and um it's phrasing and just his ability yeah it's just like when you think of a a storyteller like a dude and a guitar it's um he's he's got to be up there on the greats
0: it's got to be interesting i mean if you think of the people who came out of sun right away he his first tour he went on he opened up for elvis and imagine that show right and then they had jerry lee lewis opening and all those people are together and and then june joined later but those people are together and hanging out and and all these people are playing Uh on the same bill
1: right imagine yeah right imagine if you could put a dollar amount on that (laughs) like today you know and if it's possible but yeah it's ridiculous
0: so well that's johnny cash at Folsom Prison. Those are my three songs, and uh, I want to talk about oh, probably about all of the songs. If we can talk about all of the songs on the album, uh, that would be great. Yeah. But right, unfortunately, that's not. And we're done. There we well, go. Well, let's
1: do that on another uh, episode to come. We'll hit and Johnny and we Cash. We may blow somewhere. up Johnny Cash later on. So yeah,
0: we'll we'll have that. If everybody's, if you're interested in us doing mm-hmm. an all Johnny Cash episode and walking through everything, let us know, and we will put it on our schedule Yeah, uh, we're going to have something exciting coming on our schedule soon I don't want to give it away because quite frankly Jake and I haven't ironed it out yet <laughs> but a couple of things that I have in mind are going to be awesome So, and Jake has something in mind too so I'm sure that's awesome too so <laughs> anyway I'm sorry we're not going to do too many voices today it's just not going to happen not happening. Not, Not today. happening. Not today. <laughs> I digress. I digress. I digress. That's all I have to say. I digress because I'm wearing a white dress. What? What?
1: What? what? <laughs> you can't do an episode without throwing in some of these uh, impressions.
0: <laughs> it's impressions of nobody, though. That's the funny thing, or it's or it's like. Or well, that's how come you get away with it. Which is, which is yeah. Like, right. <laughs> Uh, it's usually about like it, it. most of the time like we did the, the indian last last time and that was malone it's pretty much a boo a poo from uh the simpsons yeah and it's <laughs> a rip off of that but i love people who do impressions and i always wish i could do it better than i can
1: me too is, yeah. yeah it's not for lack of trying i certainly have practice i just can't do it
0: okay let's let's practice one go ahead jake
1: uh no i, I can't think of anything oh rise up lights that's how you say if Ridge you say blades, yeah, rise up lights rise then you're a saying, that's Australian boy I'll
0: rise up lights <laughs> That's not it. a knife this is a knife There you
1: go But <laughs> they say oh it's no or, oh no or, they always put an r at the end of the <laughs>
0: Pass pass me a Vegemite sandwich mate yeah,
1: The dingo ate your baby <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. I like that one. <laughs> uh. All right, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us on this country foray. Next time, we'll probably be switching up a little bit. Unless we decide to do the cash thing right away, but I have a feeling we're going to wait a little bit for that.
1: Yeah, it's good. And to
0: space. mix it up just a little bit. Thank you for spending time with us. If you haven't, please subscribe to this on whatever podcast service you're listening to. Please let people know about this podcast because it It makes my heart warm when I see a new name and a new follower. <laughs> you know it helps us eventually maybe one day we can maybe break even on this thing. I don't know, but uh, we enjoy doing it, and <laughs> you know quite frankly i I love it and it's great for Jake, it's great for me, and if you guys are enjoying it, so much the better. So let us know what you're enjoying. Give us suggestions, bands you want to hear, things you want to do you know we we'll, we we love you guys. And thank you for being a part of our community. We'll see you in two or so weeks. All right? Love you all. Bye now.